0: setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Farwell Hussain is a speech-language pathologist in private practice in New Jersey. After taking time off from the field to raise her three boys, She decided to come back, but didn't go back to the schools. Actually, she did, only to find out that it was worse than when she originally left. So rather than leaving the field, which she toyed with doing, she joined one of our free private practice boot camp events, watching the nightly events with her three boys who were cheering her on. She decided to join the Start Your Private Practice program during her open enrollment and hasn't looked back. Now she works three days a week in her private practice and brings in steady income for her family. Farwa's private practice, which specializes in working with neurodiverse children, especially Gestalt language processors, offers more flexibility and higher pay than she was getting in the schools. And it allows her to pick up her kids at school and have the flexibility for her family as her husband travels often for work. In this episode, Farwa talks about how having a private practice has allowed her to be joyful in her practice again and how she's proud of what she's built and rightly so. She talks about the importance of networking and community and also shares where the majority of her referrals come from. Farwa has been a joy to get to know in both the Start and Grow Your Private Practice programs. And I know that you'll love hearing about her experience at private practice and how it's helped her feel more empowered, confident and joyful than she was feeling in the school system. So if you're curious about what having a part-time private practice can mean for your family and also what it can mean for your own professional and personal joy, this episode might be just what you need to hear to start taking those steps toward your own private practice journey. So stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs, into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place. So let's get started. Before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice?
1: Hello, I'm Farwaan San from Raritan, New Jersey, owner of One-on-One Speech Therapy.
0: Farwa, I have so enjoyed getting to know you in our programs, and you are just a bundle of energy, and you are just the kind of person who is out there doing the dang thing, doing it scared, but doing it really well. And so I can't wait for you to tell people what your private practice looks like now. But before we get into that, can you please talk about your early career And then when did you start
1: thinking about private practice? Sure. So first of all, thank you so much for having me. I am humbled to be here because I never thought this was a journey I would ever go on. I always thought I would be a worker. I would just go in and clock in my nine to five and be out and do therapy. So thinking of myself as a private practice owner just blows my mind. I graduated from... Teachers College, Columbia University. So I've been a therapist about 13 years or so. And I've worked in a variety of set settings from schools, acute care hospitals, self-acute care, nursing homes, private practices, and ranging from all ages, preschool, early intervention to adult. And I thought adults wouldn't be my thing and I would be really good at it, but Just the way that life has taken me and the journey it's been on. I'm actually a pediatric private practice owner, and I absolutely love it. And it brings me so, so much joy.
0: So speaking of joy, I know one of the things that, you know, we talked about before we started recording was you, you know, wanting to be joyful in your private practice and to not let others either steal your joy or, you know, being comparing yourself to other
1: clinicians or situations. Can you please share a little bit about that? So as clinicians, we really need to find the joy in what drives us, the joy in what we enjoy learning about, what podcasts we like to learn about, what continuing education we like, what families we like, what children we like to work with. And that really is a wonderful way to drive us and build our practice because every day I'm excited to go in. And on Sunday mornings, I get into the office by eight in the morning. I get there early because I absolutely love it. And it gets me ready for the day. So we need to find our joy and not what other people would think is joyful, because my private practice and your private practice is for you and how you want to make it. I love
0: that. And one of the other things that, you know, I've heard a lot from minority SLPs who've been on the show is feeling like that they have been working in systems that don't support them. So whether it's school systems or hospital systems And really, private practice is a way to create your own system and, you know, kind of work outside of the box that might be feeling limiting, stifling or negative to you. Right.
1: Yes. Being in a private practice is such wonderful freedom for us. And it doesn't matter what background you come in from. It's your experiences and the knowledge base that you bring in. So I found it a lot more freedom of having a private practice. I don't feel like there's any constraints. And it may have been that these were my own biases that I brought into the previous setting that I felt like maybe I wasn't good enough and I didn't look like somebody else or um, I didn't practice the way or said certain things the way other people would have, was said.
0: I think this is really important, though. I think it's really important for people Listening
1: to realize that,
0: you know, if you are feeling either not supported or if you're having self-doubt, having anxiety, feeling like, you know, you're not as joyful in your work, that you can create a situation where you can have all of those things. Right. So at what point did you start thinking, you know what, I actually think I'm going to maybe do a
1: private practice. This is going to sound so funny, but I thought about my private practice and I thought about starting a private practice a year ago. Only a year. How crazy is that? I've been a clinician for so many years and it never once crossed my mind. I actually took a long break. I thought I was burnt out. I thought speech therapy wasn't for me. So I took a break and raised my children and I have three children. And then when my youngest was old enough to go to school, I thought, you know what? I'm going to try this again. Maybe it was just me being tired. Maybe it's the kid. I went back into it and I realized that Not much had changed. The caseload was more, the pay hadn't changed, and I was just drowning. So I thought there has to be a better way to give good therapeutic intervention. All I wanted to do was fill this hole in my heart that I needed to go back and I needed to help my community. That's how I started my private practice. I I saw that there was a need in the community that wasn't getting filled, and there were so many families that were waiting for services. Your boot camp came up. I went to your free boot camp and I said, Well, let me just check it out. I don't know if private practice is for me. It sounds insurmountable. Like just thinking about starting sounded like this huge, huge weight or just that are a mountain that I couldn't climb. I was like, How am I gonna ever get there? I need to have so many things to start. Where do I start? And I attended your boot camp. And I said, "Well, maybe I want to do the course." And people were like, "I don't know, Farwa. Maybe you can figure it out. I don't know if you need to take a course for this. You're pretty smart. You can do this." Like maybe I should try it. Well, those maybe's turned into yeah, you should. For myself, you know what? I like this. I like Jenna. I like the motivation she's giving me. I'm kind of feeling her vibe. Let's let me just sign up. And it was the best decision I made because I was able to create a community that was already there and just kind of help myself find my people. And you helped facilitate that. It was so wonderful.
0: Well, well, thank you, Farwa. I've loved having you be part of our community. And I've heard that a lot. You know, our, our boot camps are these really fun, big free events that we do a couple times a year. And at the end of it, we open enrollment to the start program and you know some percentage of people decide that they want our help but some people do kind of think well you know what maybe I can do it myself maybe I can DIY it and I think when you were on the panel discussion that we had a couple months ago maybe I'm misremembering but I think it was you who said you were thinking about joining and then like a friend of yours was also thinking about joining and you joined but she didn't
1: and what happened with between the two of you So it was a friend that I hadn't talked to for a few years. We were friends from undergraduate and we had lost touch for about 10 years or so. And she saw my name pop up and she was like, oh, my gosh, you're on this. What are you doing right now? And I'm like, well, what are you doing right now? I was like, I'm going to sign up. She was like, you know what? I think I'm going to figure this out. And I said, "Okay, well, I can't manage all that. I'm looking for things on Google with the three kids. So I'm just going to sign up fast forward one year, she's still in her current setting and she still has the same caseload. She still has the same pay. She still has the same stress. Whereas she messaged me and was like, wow, you are doing some phenomenal things. And you don't know how high you can go when you have the freedom to. It's so amazing having your own private practice because you can do as little as you want or as much as you want. It just, you get to be your own leader and you know, go in the direction that brings you joy. My private practice brings me so much joy. And I feel like I'm more empowered and more confident in myself that I can help others. And the whole goal was to create this joyful community for families, especially for neurodiverse and autistic children and their families. So I want to come in from a place where I'm happy so I can help serve you.
0: Oh, my gosh. I love that so much.
1: And I think we all have to think, you know, what is
0: your driving force to wanting to be in private practice? And for everybody, it's a little bit different, right? But I love that idea of creating joy and being joyful yourself and then creating that joy for others. I think that that is really important. Another reason why I know that you got into private practice or that, you know, it's really worked for you has to do with the flexibility. And you mentioned that you had three kids, and I know that there are several listeners on here who have, you know, any number of children or maybe planning to have kids one
1: day. How has private practice been for your family? Private practice has been phenomenal. It gives you the flexibility to do as little and as much as you want. I work three days a week. I have three children. I have in-laws. I have family I have a street. I say I have a street because everybody's close by and I have a community that I am very involved in and I love so, so much. So being able to drop my kids off to school, see a couple clients, be there for pickup, be there for their after school activities, drive my kids to their therapies that they need or to get any additional help that they would need. I'm always there for them. Oh. I need to take them for a doctor's appointment. I can schedule it in the morning. Forgot to drop off their cookies. I can do that. They forgot their lunch that day. I got it. So it's been so wonderful because I don't have to lose myself and I don't have to feel guilty that I have to be there at nine o'clock and I have to leave at six o'clock and I need to save up my PTO. And those feelings, I don't have those anymore. It used to be I couldn't take any vacation time because I was so scared of PTO. Are taking any time off. And if it was, I'd have to put in writing months and before. But now past year, any weekend I see free, like I was, we go on vacation. We took a two week vacation to Dubai. We went to Bermuda. We've traveled more than we, we've ever done. The kids are older, so we can enjoy that with them. And you know what? The families are perfectly happy knowing that I'm coming back as a less stressed clinician and I'm ready for, to help their child. It's never been an issue. Yeah.
0: I love that. And it's so funny that you say that because I've had people who said, Oh, I'd like to start a private practice, but you know, my family travels or my my husband's family is abroad. And how would we manage that? And I'm I'm always like, Well, how are you gonna manage that in your regular job? (laughs) Right? Like the school or hospital isn't gonna let you go to wherever to visit, you know, husband's family for like a month. But in your private practice, you're absolutely right. Like families will wait and families are happy for their clinician who they love dearly to be able to, you know, have some
1: flexibility and have some time off. Yeah, it's been wonderful. My husband travels quite frequently. His travel is about 70 to 80 percent. So it's just me with my boys, but we're able to make it all work. And it's such a wonderful place to be in when you build this community around what works for you. And that also works for them. Feeling goes mutual between the families. Once you form that respect and they know that you are there for the right reason, there's no feeling of guilt. Yeah, I love that. One of
0: the questions that I know that our listeners are always curious about is about referrals and like, where do you get your clients from? How do people hear about you? Could you share a little bit about where most of your referrals
1: come from? So my referral sources come from many different places. The initial sources that they came from was from, meaningful speech and the natural language acquisition group. My niche is gestalt language processing. So as you become more involved in your specialty, if you choose to have a specialty, it also word of mouth gets out there. My biggest advice to clinicians would be just provide really good services. So that way you're getting your name out there for the right reason. Gestalt language processing is my favorite thing to do. I invest a lot of my time into learning about it. And um, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to get referrals from it. I love that.
0: You know, it's really, you know, whatever it is that lights you up, right? Listeners, whatever your favorite thing is, right? Maybe it's gestalt language processing. Maybe it's aphasia. Maybe it's, you know, feeding. Who knows, right? Fluency. You know, whatever it is, like if that's your clinical passion and you know that there's a population who needs those services, what better opportunity than to take all of this knowledge and put it into your own practice where you can do this a lot of the time, right? Like I know, for example, that gestalt language processing is very, you know, popular right now, or maybe not popular, but whatever, it's being talked about a lot, right? And I know lots of school SLPs who are like, I love this, but like, I don't, that's not who, what my caseload is, or like, that's, I would like to do more of that. So, how cool that when you're in private practice, you can literally choose the populations that you want to serve versus just have, you know, people put on your caseload, whether that's a population that you feel comfortable or confident to treat or not.
1: Yeah. So, initially, when I started the private practice, I was in the mindset that I just wanted a client and I never thought about, picking and choosing. And I was like, well, I'm just going to accept them all and then I'll figure it out. But I realized the more and more I was going, I was dreading going because I was like, well, I don't really love this. But then when I was able to find the right, my ideal client and find out that, hey, they're making progress. I really love this. This is so much fun for me. And I'm really making change. And I'm doing therapeutic intervention that forthwhile, it's been so wonderful because you get to shape your private practice to what makes you happy. And then that also entails, make sure that you're practicing at the top of your license, right? If it brings you joy, you're going to want to learn about it. You're going to want to expand on it. You're going to want to see the changes. It's just really cool. And I would say, don't go into it thinking that well, I really like this, but I don't know if anybody else is going to come to me or I don't know if I can do this or it's so specific. Are they even going to come? You know what? Keep doing good therapy. They're going to come. They'll find you. Like, I've been so blessed that I haven't had to market and I haven't had to put myself out there um, and think they're <laughs> able to find me.
0: Totally. I mean. Most of our clients are in their own like kind of small circles and whether it's Facebook group or support group networks or, you know, um, disorder, disability communities, whatever. Right. Like our clients kind of talk and they know each other and they know who a lot of the providers are. And if you're the type of person that, you know, that's doing really great therapy, which, you know, hopefully you are, right? People are going to say that when there's someone who's looking for a new provider. And so we absolutely want to be, you know, like you said, practicing at the top of our license and making sure that we're giving really great therapy. And like, that's how word of mouth gets started, right? Listeners, if you're hoping for word of mouth, realize that in order to get word of mouth, you have to give people something to talk about, right?
1: A hundred percent agree. We need to form communities for these families, for whether it be adults or children, whoever you choose to work with, and do what inspired you to go to graduate school. You wanted to go to graduate school because you wanted to make a change. You wanted to help people. That feeling is always going to be there. And that feeling is why I came back into the field after taking such a long break, because there was that feeling like, you know what, I can do more and you can do more then you can have the flexibility and have the financial freedom and everything else that goes along with it. But more than that, you'll have that empowering feeling and go to bed feeling like, oh my gosh, today was a good day. Totally. I want
0: everyone to have a good day, right? I want all of us to have good days. And not just us as clinicians, but I want our clients to have good days, right? And there's so many clients out there who are stuck on wait lists or going without services. And so we can really fill the void, you know, for ourselves, but also for our clients and their families who are just desperate for services and can't find them or are just not getting enough of them
1: in traditional settings. Yeah, I just had a family reach out and said they've been on wait lists and the doctors are saying that there's no appointments until 2024, a full year. Some places have a year and a half wait list. So we need you. Don't come in thinking that there's not enough room for me. There's going to be. And you know, you don't need a hundred thousand clients. We just need to start helping one. Totally. That's that's one thing I say all the time, right?
0: Is that um you're only one client away, right? And every private practice starts with one client. So even if you live in a city and maybe there is, you know, an air quotes, big private practice or whatever, like they started with one client too, right? And so,
1: yeah. and there's so many to go around. And then success is what you make it. For me, success is my successful private practice if not me hiring out and not having a thousand clinicians, and that is somebody else's dream. That's not mine. I wanted to keep myself small. I want to do it because it brings me joy. I just want to do good therapy. I want to create a community. That's what makes me successful. And currently, I have a wait list, but the beautiful thing is that I always refer the families that are on my wait list to other clinicians in the area. Because what's more important to me is making sure that these families have found somebody that's giving their child the therapeutic intervention that they Mm -hmm. so desperately need. So make your success what you want to make of it. It doesn't have to be multiple private practices. mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, I need to hire out. Yeah. So let's talk about
0: like the math a little bit, right? Like some people just, you know, kind of think that it's private practice is either all or nothing that you have to be in private practice full-time in order to see enough clients to meet your financial goals. I know that you work, you know, three days a week. Would you say that you are meeting the financial goals that you have for yourself and your family, you know, air quotes, only working three days a week?
1: Private practice gives you the freedom to attain whatever you choose to financially. There's no cap on how much you can Earn just in a school, you would sign a contract, or in a, another private practice or another setting, you would say, Okay, my salary is going to be X number. But the wonderful thing is, in private practice, you can achieve more financial freedom than anything. And as a private pay clinician, I've had wonderful successes and am able to achieve more financial freedom than I've ever had. Totally. And like,
0: that's something that I I just want people to sit down and do the math, right? And really think about, you know, um, how much are you going to charge an hour? And you just multiply that times how many sessions per week. And then you can multiply that like times four, right? That would be your monthly income or, you know, times 12. And that would be your annual income. And I really just want people to like, again, sit down and do the math and realize that you can literally earn more money in less time through your private practice than you can at, you know, most schools and hospitals.
1: Yes, I would 100% agree with you there because what we tend to do is think that I'm not valuable enough for this. I'm not worth this. Oh, I can't be doing this. I'm just here to help. But you have to understand that in order for you to help somebody else, you need to be able to know that you are valuable enough to charge your rate because you did go to graduate school. You do put in the work in continuing education. There are so many years that I was paying for my own continuing education and taking my own courses and doing everything for that one-off client that I didn't know what to do about. For the clients that were on my caseload that I was like, where do I start? Now you get to invest in it. Like you're investing in yourself. And When you invest in yourself, you know that you are valuable and families will see that. So don't undercut yourself. Don't undercharge yourself because as you get into the field, you'll realize that if you are providing good service and doing something that's really making you passionate about waking up and these clients are gonna, and the the results are gonna show because the clients, you're gonna make gains with them. The families are gonna see that. The kiddos or adults are gonna, Feel more confident. And that's going to translate. So I would tell a clinician to charge your worth and not undercut yourself, whether that be through taking insurance or not. Um, you can attain whatever financial goal you set for yourself.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to completely butcher this quote. And I also don't know who said it. But there's some quote that pops up on Instagram and Facebook every now and then that basically, you know, when someone pays you a private pay rate, they're not paying for the minutes or the time of your session, but they're paying for the years of experience, the years that you've put into the profession, the years that you spent in, you know, undergrad and grad school. And so, you know, sometimes clinicians get really worried about charging, you know, a certain fee. They, oh gosh, is that too high? Is that too low? Is that just right? You know, whatever. But really, like, the family isn't paying for that time. They're paying for the whole thing, right? And we know that because when you, like, think about a doctor, right? Let's just say you had to have surgery, right? You want the doctor who doing open-heart surgery on you or something that has years of experience, right? And you don't care how long they're with you or what the, the money is or whatever. You just want your heart to work or your loved one's, you know, heart to work or whatever, right? And so that's the same thing when it comes to us is like people care that you do a good job and that you're helping their kid. You know, it's it really is less about the minutes as it is about the amount of experience and what they're getting out of it.
1: Yeah. And it gets easier every time. It gets easier to say the rate every time. It gets easier to do the therapeutic intervention every time. It gets easier to put your name out there. I would stand in front of my mirror and this is something that you told me to do, and say my name in my private practice. Hi, I'm Farwa. I own a private practice. I'm the owner of one-on-one speech therapy. My rate is, or I do this. Um, and anytime I would have to get on a parent call, I would rehearse it in front of the mirror to gain confidence. Now it just slides off my tongue because all of these are skills that we've learned along the way. We have to practice it to put it out there, right? Just like our CF year, we had so many hours that we had to practice with or in graduate school, we had to do the practicum. This is kind of our little practicum. We got to put ourselves out there and practice it. Totally. And
0: if people, you have to put yourself out there. If you don't, people can't hire you, right? Like you have to put yourself out there. People have to know about you in order to be able to hire you. Totally
1: agree. And you're not boasting when you do that. Initially, I I would feel so uncomfortably, like, oh, I'm going to talk about my successes. Am I going to, are they going to feel a certain way? But they want to hear it. They want to know what can you offer my child, my family member? What is it that you bring to the table? And you know what? Go ahead and tell them. I like, hey, I'm really good at this. Hey, I really love this. I can really help your family member. And they're going to, they're going to see that. I totally agree.
0: And that's all what I want people to do, right? Like I want people to grow their private practice to their desired level, whatever that is for them, right? And so for some people, that's just a couple clients on the side. For other people, it's three days a week. For other people, it's you know three employees or three locations, right? You can do whatever it is that you want to do. But Farwa, I am so happy that our paths crossed and that you joined boot camp and that you've you know been become part of our community and that you took a chance on yourself and took a chance on me because like, look at you now, a year into this and you have created so much joy for yourself and for the clients you work with. And I'm just so excited for you.
1: Thank you so much. I would have never imagined I would be at this point. I just had a dream that I wanted one client. I was like, I just want to just help somebody. Um, and it's turned into this beautiful passion that I didn't even realize that I had, or I realized that I, th- there's this fire that's ignited that I'm, I want to build a community and I want to help as many families that I can. And it's so wonderful. And I've been able to achieve more in the last year than I've ever been able to do. So I was able to present at Asha. I'm able to be called out of state to do presentations for. Clinicians, and I'm going to present out of country. It's just so phenomenal when you follow your own passions. Thank you. I really cannot have done it without your support and having the community that you've built because it can get very lonely being in private practice when you're on your own, thinking that there's, I'm just doing it alone. But when you find your network and support system, it's amazing. And the fact that there's clinicians from all across the country that I can text and, and we can chat with and be like, hey, how was your day? Oh, my gosh, you're doing so many cool things. And you have cheerleaders everywhere you go. It, kind of, it motivates you to do more and it motivates you to cheer the next person on and to help clinicians. So it's it's wonderful coming from this abundance mindset that you've set because there is so much to go around for all of us. And wonderful. there's so many cheerleaders out there for all of us. There's always somebody. So if you are ever feeling down about private practice, you will always have a cheerleader. You can always reach out to me. I love that. Well, again, thank you, Farwa. And you're just, you, again, you've got this
0: wonderful energy and just so encouraging to other members in our communities. And so thank you for encouraging our listeners. If people want to get in touch with you, where can
1: they find you online? Sure. So you can find me on one-on-one speech therapy on Instagram or www.oneononespeechtherapy.com. Always shoot me an email or DM me. I'm always available to help fellow clinicians. Oh,
0: well, thank you again for being on, for sharing your story and for sharing what motivated you to get into private practice and what continues to motivate you and also Probably some of our listeners are like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to have a practice like that. So listeners, if you felt a connection between yourself and Farwa, look at what she's been able to do and realize that you can do that too. So thank you again for being on, Farwa. Thank you so much. Okay, don't you just love Farwa? I love her warmth, her energy, and her passion for the clients that she serves. I also love that she put herself and her family first and wasn't willing to continue putting up with bad treatment and high caseloads in the schools, and instead has created a part-time private practice that allows her the flexibility and finances that her family needs. Whether you want to start or grow a private practice, we can help you, just like we helped Farwa and thousands of other SLPs and OTs. To learn more, head on over to Instagram. I'm at independent Clinician and DM me the word start or grow And let's talk about your current situation and your private practice goals. And let's see if we can help you. Until then, thank you for listening. And please join us next week for another episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. Till then.